So, Mr. Jellyman, I've called you up today to answer a very important question in my mind. Are you ready? I'm always ready, Russell. Hit me. By the way, I hope it's all right that I just randomly call you from time to time and be like, hey, Jelly, I have some questions. And I press the record button. That's all right as well. Yeah, look, I mean, you pulled me out of the shower for this. So, you know, let's get on with it or something. (laughs) Before Jelly freezes to death. So, all right, we're... We're on a podcast, as you know, and I have this hypothesis, I can't pronounce that word, but it goes that a podcast under 30 minutes is definitively better than a podcast over 30 minutes. What do you think? So you're saying that podcasts under 30 minutes are better than podcasts over 30 minutes? Not just better, definitively better. Definitively better? Yeah. Well, I don't think that's true, man. I there There is plenty of podcasts that are over 30 minutes that are clearly, you know, better than... Well, you know, some podcasts under 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Name one. Name one. Name one. Well, Mobile yeah. Couch for starters. That's a great point. That's a great show. <laughs> I'm not at all biased about that at all. So, you know, there's that. How about material? Oh, you did not You did not go there. Your show you is not 30 minutes. You know, this is just circumstantial evidence, my friend. You don't have any science to back this up. So I've actually decided to use a special button at my disposal that's a phone an expert. And I'm going to bring in uh, Wendy Zuckerman from Science Versus. Hey, Wendy. Hello. Now, you, you agree with me, obviously, yes? Well, oh, definitively, it's such a strong word. <laughs> I agree. But I think you're onto but, something here. Because you you also host a podcast that's that's under 30 minutes, yeah? That's right. That's right. Our longest episode was pornography, and I think that was 23 minutes. And I was itching to cut time from it because I wanted it to be under 20 minutes, but we couldn't because <laughs> when you're dealing with pornography, what do you cut out? <laughs> oh, so many jokes there. I'm not, no, I'm not it's too early for a circumcision <laughs> joke. Um, because even though like the the peak ones, this American Life, I mean, it's it's sliced into three. It's it could really be three different podcasts of about fifteen minutes each each episode. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I mean, was that was that a purposeful thing you had with your show when you set out? Knew we want to keep it under a certain time. No, but lots of people when we started because we started and uh, the first episode was thirteen minutes. That was the paleo diet, and we were told people told us that they loved the podcast that it was between 10 to 15 minutes and they there was lots of people saying oh all this pressure to make these really long podcasts this is short it's great it's like takes it's my commute time which is both wonderful to hear and you just spend so much time agonizing over it and then you realize oh this is just a little bit of a little bit of like company while you're on the train which is takes the pressure off it does but people seem to really like the short podcast. Yeah, see, Jelly? People really seem to like the short podcast. Well, I suppose, I guess that's, you know, we do do topical and that is usually less than 20 minutes. So while you're here, Wendy, your show is, is scientific in nature. How do you, like, how do you feel about the producing a scientific show that's kind of for the general population? Oh, I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I'm a science journal by training, so I've only ever written about science. Um, and I love just making science available to the public and the funnest thing about science versus because often when you write popular science stories it's either some cool frog that's just been discovered it's always kind of in this in its own little world away from reality and what people think about and so people say oh they, they just discovered this cool frog and then oh, I've got this really cool diet called the paleo diet. And they kind of near the two shall meet, rational thinking and cool frogs that science discovers. And the fun thing about this is just 
helping people or, or kind of telling, I don't know, telling is a bit extreme, but uh, educating people that they can use rational thinking and, and evidence-based thinking for topics that you that you generally don't, that kind of come with truthiness and people say, oh, well, pornography, how do you put science into that? So anytime someone comes up with a claim like, I'm addicted to pornography, that is a claim that can be tested with science. And so it, I, I, I love it. I think it's really fun. And, and you do get people because you're using science and evidence-based thinking um, and you're, you're trying to be as rational as possible. You do get some people offside because it's such a powerful tool to cut them down if they have certain thoughts that the evidence isn't there for. Um, right. But overwhelmingly, it's been so positive that I, I think either people have been silenced or I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. The overwhelmingly positive response. So uh, yay, science. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, making a um, a science podcast, do you find you get, you know, people trying to argue with you? Like, do you get emails and do you get tweets of people, you know, trying to correct you or, you know, tell you where they think you went wrong? I mean, we don't get that on this kind of show. I just wondered. <laughs> you might after this one. What? I had the best four-hour podcast yesterday. Yes, yes, I do. I do. And it really keeps me on my toes. Every time I release a podcast, there is just this immense amount of stress. What have I done something wrong? What have I done wrong? And so far, it's all been right. So that's really, really nice. Except <laughs> you I get it from when you first. It's, yeah. it's all correct. One hundred percent. But but so but so often someone will email me and I just will have this after I've spent a, a week deep in a topic, trying to make it as accurate as possible, checking with as many uh, experts as time permits. And then someone will just shoot off an email that says, oh, nah, got this wrong. Where's your evidence for that? And I'll be like, oh, well, this is all my evidence. What's your evidence? And they say, oh, okay, that sounds good. (laughs) That was was one one guy, which was actually really nice. was like, oh, okay, so you, okay, that's... (laughs) I feel better about myself. But I, I should say that um, once in the race episode, I, I did get something wrong and, and someone wrote a comment and said, it was like an illustrative comment about how tall that, that genetics plays a role in, in height. It wasn't even about race. It was just, and I was like, oh, you know, the, the tall, it was like the one fact that you don't check. And it was that uh, I said, you know, the, the, the smallest people are, you know, you've got six, people who are 60 centimetres and the, and the tallest people are over three metres. And it was just illustrative. And then someone just wrote, no one's <laughs> over three metres. I was like, what? Really? And the, no, they're not. The, the 2.75 was the tallest man. And, um, and, and I quickly checked it and wrote an apology and, and fixed it up. Um, so <laughs> please keep the emails coming as much as they stress me out. So does that ever concern you at all that you're making a science podcast for the, you know, for the general population? Do you ever get the, the kind of feeling that there's a pressure to dumb it down? I mean, out of all the, the science podcasts out there, yours is probably one of the best in terms of presentation style. You know, it's, it, it's kind of fun. It's lighthearted, but there's still, you know, a lot of content and detail in there. Do you find that's like a really hard balance to strike? Uh, yes and no. I think, I guess, going back to our topic of the length of podcasts, because there's no prescriptive length, it's really nice to be able to just give something the time that I think it needs. I, I don't think dumbing down is the, is the right term. I hear, I hear it a lot in, in science journalism and, and scientists talking about, oh, you're, you're dumbing it down. And I think it's more creating a story. And so it's more like what is the story that you are creating? And if you were talking about 
a frog that's been discovered and say there was one recently that it's a venomous frog and sort of I think the first venomous whoa, frog. Whoa, whoa. To... A venomous frog. <laughs> yeah, this, is, <laughs> this came out last week. It's exactly, it was the world's first venomous frog. It, it, it's a, so it's amazing. And then and within that scientific paper, which I haven't read yet and I'm, I'm just about to actually, but there will be some other findings about this frog, something weird that is really exciting to the frog community, but the general public doesn't care about. And so you won't mention that stuff. You'll just focus on the fact that it's venomous because that's cool. And so that's kind of like a basic example, but you do that in everything. So with something as, I guess, complicated as addiction or porn, you you can't include everything, but you are just trying to have a story to tell. And And so sometimes there is that line because you don't want to be pushing an angle. And I guess that science versus I'm really trying not to. Some people, but I really try and go in with an open mind. But then after doing all the research, you kind of do come up with some angle where you think the evidence lies. And it does mean that you can't say, well, there's this side and then there's this side, but then there's this other argument that goes on top of that, but then there's that other argument that goes on top of that. But ultimately (laughs) there's this other argument and so this wins. So you just kind of like cut out the first and you just say, all right, this is why I think this. So maybe that's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) So so part of your process then is, is looking into all of the different answers that a particular topic could have. Do you find that your opinions about stuff change because of things that you've uh, you've uncovered as part of your process? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All the, all the time, I think. Happiness was one that was pretty interesting. I went in when we talked about sort of how, how to be happy or whether science can help you to be happy. Um, I actually had no idea what that episode was going to be about. Me and Caitlin Sorry, who uh, was my producer on it, she was like, what else we got? And we had some other topics about sex, but we'd just done pornography and other stuff. And we were like, oh maybe too too much, let's just keep it nice and G-rated. And I was like, what about happiness? And she's like, great. And I had no idea what that episode was going to be about and I had no idea about these how, uh, these theories on, on genetics and what role our genetics plays in happiness. And I had a feeling that gratitude journals, there, there probably wasn't that much evidence base for it, but at the same time I had friends who swear by it, so I was just completely, I don't, I don't know what this thing of happiness is. And then through the research and and looking further into it, that's how I, I formed my opinion. The, the thing, like with, with that, in that one, I guess a better example would have been money because you hear that money doesn't make you happy. And that's and and that's kind of true. But then speaking to an economist, he was kind of like, no, actually, people with more money do tend to be happier. It's just you're not that much happier, but you are happier than people with less money. And so. You, and then you read those papers and, and, and that's how it happens. So, yeah, all the, all the time I found what I kind of vaguely thought to be true was incorrect. Yeah, I've always suspected that Jelly is happier than me, buying his uh, independent <laughs> developer cheeseburgers all the time. Yeah. Down him with it's bacon true. on top. I, I am way happier than you are. <laughs> <laughs> he drives his happy BMW down his uh, happy fancy streets. <laughs> Well, I also I live in Canberra, so you know um, that that's just straight up there it makes me a lot happier than you. Yeah, that, that's top of the list for the world's most livable cities. Yeah, Canberra yeah. always yeah. right up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, we won't go down that path. I've always wondered those most livable survey things. Have you ever looked into any of those? Um, for the happiness one, I looked into the happiest countries in the world. Looked into into that. Livable is a funny one. I guess we could do science versus livable cities. It's probably like very much entwined into happiness. 
But yeah, that was... and only really if, if Adelaide wins could you actually like publish it. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be like worldwide outrage. You, did, you did. Adelaide did win one very recently. <laughs> did it really? Oh, there you go. Don't tell him that. So. Don't yeah, tell think... him that. <laughs> I'm sure Wendy won't back me up here, Jelly, My but guess... that sounds scientifically proven to me. Can, can I say it? I'm guessing. Then there's that, science. Um, <laughs> whoever did that was when you guys have all those festivals on, like someone was uh, internationally yeah. travelling who gets to decide that livable city thing and they were just there when the Fringe Festival started, the comedy yeah. festival. Little did they <laughs> realise. Two weeks a year, it's the best city in the world. <laughs> Hey, one thing I wanted to know, um, you've obviously you've been a science journalist for a while now. Is there some aspect of science or one particular part of it that you're most passionate about or do you just love science in general? Um, I think my favourite thing is picking apart truthiness as a general idea. So whether it's pseudoscience or people just have ideas or people spout semi-truths about the world and I love looking into that and seeing whether it's true. Because once you're on the lookout for it, you're just the worst person at parties ever. <laughs> and, and it's become People this. People come up to you like, well, actually, that's not how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's now become family dinners. Someone will say something and then just sort of look at me and, and then there'll be this sort of like, oh, you know, Wendy will probably have something to say about that. <laughs> it's like we, we, we're interested but not. And at parties even worse. But it is, but I, I maintain, that's why I don't get invited to parties, that it's good, for, it's good because people are aware when they're starting to spout nonsense. It, and, it, and I think it's nice because they, they will kind of pick themselves up and go, oh, yeah, I'm using this amazing whatever it is, enter fad here. Um, and then they sort of know it's rubbish, but at the same time they just fill the silence with pseudoscience. So <laughs> do you ever find that? Oh, that, that is my favourite pastime. I, I kid you not. So you are not invited to any of my parties. Zero. If anyone's like, oh, I'm bringing Wendy, I'm like, party's over. Sorry, it's somewhere else. Remove the gluten-free food. Yeah, I just make I, make, I just make stuff up <laughs> using opinion as fact. Yeah. I find that if you state it with enough confidence, you know, at least most people will believe you. Absolutely. That, that totally makes it true. It's all about confidence. <laughs> Speaking of confidence, like one thing I've noticed in your show and your show particularly, is there an awful lot of puns in there? Like is that intentional? Is that your own personality coming through or is that just... Was it one of those ABC like uh, milestones that like must have fifty percent more puns in show? <laughs> no, that is, and my family and friends will attest to this one hundred percent. That is, that is me. I love, I love puns. <laughs> I think that might be something to do with science, though, right? Because I'm pretty sure that MythBusters also is like the the super punniest show on television, <laughs> and it's all about science. Maybe, maybe we're just trying to keep it. Keep it real, keep it cool, so we go for the fun. <laughs> Scientists keeping it real, yo, <laughs> using puns. It's, it, but I've been told that it's the worst humour. I have many people because it doesn't, it rarely will elicit a laugh. At best, you'll just get a... Uh, yeah. That sounds that. like whenever I make jokes. I think that's true when you're talking to someone, but I think when you actually edit it into a podcast, I don't know, I find myself laughing at least because you don't expect it. Like, you expect it from Jelly. You go to a party with Jelly and he's next to you and he starts making puns. You're like, oh, not again. <laughs> I know that. I know that groan. But you get them in a podcast and you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. 
that's good. It's, you put oil on the flames. Oh, dear. <laughs> Next season it'll be Panzoi. So it's... it's Sorry, I don't want to steal all the questions here, but speaking of next season, you've just finished season one of um, Science Versus. Season two is coming in October, I believe. Yes, that's right. Yep. So how did how did you go? Did it kind of meet your expectations? Was it was it better than? Better than completely in terms of audience uh, numbers and enthusiasm for it. Oh, it it exceeded expectations so so much. I was expecting maybe a couple of people to listen. <laughs> I guess I didn't. I've, ne- I've never been kind of the face of of anything that's really done all that well, I guess. I mean, I, I write science articles and, and you know, you write, you write a, a nice article, maybe something a little bit controversial about wind turbines and it, it gets a bit of traction and <laughs> And it, it's nice, and, and that's kind of all, all you're after, really. Wait a minute. <laughs> you're, you're not the one advising Tony Abbott here, are you? About how ugly they are. And, uh... I gave, I said, you know, there's this word ugly. Give it a go. <laughs> that was me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. So when this came out and people started talking about it and tweeting about it and all this stuff, it was just incredibly um, une- unexpected. And uh, yeah, getting you know, emails from you guys, it's, it's just. Uh, it's quite overwhelming. I'm still kind of getting used to it, but it's it's really exciting, and and it means that I get a season two, which is also exciting. Whoa. And you, so the the whole season thing is somewhat. I mean, it's not it's not really used a lot in podcasts, um, but I mean, it's it, I guess it kind of helps you to prepare um, your like the the actual scientific stuff behind these things. Like how how does that actually kind of play into your um, seasons? How do you actually prepare for a season of the show? Yeah, the season, um, I like the way you talk about it as if it was a well-oiled machine of organisation. Um, the, <laughs> the word <laughs> seasons is very nice and muddy like that. Um, it, I, I think because making podcasts, this was a bit of an experimentation for the ABC. They release a lot of podcasts. Everything at Radio National is released mm. on iTunes and that sort of thing. Um but this was the first time it was it was my podcast and two others confession booth um and a history podcast from rebels and rat bags and they this was the first time that abc had tried to make uh podcasts just for digital um and gave us an awful lot of freedom hence the fart jokes <laughs> that did not have to go through mark scott <laughs> yeah I, I figured someone must have signed off because you've got pornography you've got weed you've got <laughs> yeah. rice they're like yeah just tick all the boxes go for it exactly um so we just a, 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 an amazing amazing amount of freedom and it, it very much just was kind of a quiet soft launch there was some cheese in the ABC offices um this sort of thing and then it did very well uh and as it kind of got more popular it, it also just it just swallowed me whole um because the the pressure to make sure everything was so accurate and triple checking facts and talking to more people just like it, it meant that it was so I was so completely overwhelmed that by the end of episode 11 or 10 it should have been and then 11 we just snuck in that extra one um i i just really needed a break so that's kind of what this is um and then, <laughs> and then, we'll, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, we always plan 10 all along and it's a uh, time to take a break. I'll yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, although, although Neil deGrasse Tyson did tweet quite recently, he just got over 4 million followers and said with this very humble tweet on the side, something like, oh, I just got over 4 million followers, but that's only a big deal because we live in a world of base 10. 
So, <laughs> uh, so this is why we now have the season two, so I can sleep. Ah, <laughs> uh, the secret is revealed. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got to say, having definitively, definitively proved that uh, the thirty-minute podcast or under is actually better than all other podcasts, because obviously you've got topical, you've got science versus, you've got any other good podcast that uh, needs to slot itself in there. We we do need one last thing just to prove that topical is greater than science versus. Mm-hmm. What you got? What you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do believe there's a famous hypothesis that says the podcast with the most booms wins. Is that right? Oh, oh. Do you go first or are we simultaneous? No, 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 we we've already said boom enough times, so we we normally oh, just get you into it. I thought it was like I thought it was like going to be boom, this boom, race boom. that was like. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> but I think it's because I've listened to too much Euro trash in my time. <laughs> boom, boom, shake the room. <laughs> boom, boom is a regular theme. <laughs> I guess you guys won then, hey? <laughs>